Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alumni Spotlight. On this segment, we interview with past alumni to see where they are now. Today, I'm here with Pam Tyne. Pam, what year did you graduate from Osaka's Public Schools? Uh, 1973. And hi, Scott. It's really nice to, um, to join you for this session, by the way. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Did you continue your education beyond high school? Yes, I did. I went to Moorhead State University, which I think now is called Minnesota State University Moorhead. And I graduated from there in 1977. And then I later took a few graduate courses at Moorhead State. And then in 1995, I graduated from William Mitchell College of Law. So I have a law degree. So what are you currently doing for work or career? Um, I'm a partner with a pretty good sized law firm. We have about a thousand lawyers nationwide, close to. It's called Fox Rothschild and it's based in Philadelphia. We have about 28 offices across the country. I'm in the Minneapolis office. I'm based there. My former firm that I, um, I say former, um, when I graduated from law school, I joined a firm called Oppenheimer, Wolf & Donnelly. It's a very older Minnesota-based firm. Um, and then, I don't know, I wanna say six, seven years ago, we merged with Fox Rothschild. So um, that's who I'm, I'm with now. And I practice, Scott, in the employee benefits and employment law areas. Um, I generally work with pretty large companies with their human resources departments, maybe their in-house counsel on HR matters like employee benefit plans, like retirement plans, health and welfare plans, um, employment agreements, all kinds of things like that. I do some employment law. And I also do a lot of um, mergers and acquisitions when companies buy and sell one another. Sometimes we represent a buyer, sometimes we represent a seller. And my focus is the human resources parts of those transactions. So I'm very fortunate. I've had a, a wonderful career there since I graduated from law school. And um, I, I, I work hard, but it's a really great career. It all sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It is. It really is. So did you always know what you wanted to be? When did you know? Uh, no, God, no, 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 no. Um, you know, I graduated from high school in 73. And so went right to Moorhead State. And my dad used to laugh because every time I'd come home, whether it was once a quarter or once a quarter, however often I'd come home, he'd look at me and he'd go, so what's your major this week? Because I changed it all the time because I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, eventually, I ended up with a degree in psych and social work. And so my first job after graduating from Moorhead State, my first real job was I was a school social worker. Um, and then I don't know if you know this, Scott, but in the early 80s, my husband, John Tyne and I, he was a teacher at Osekas High School and varsity football coach at that time. And we purchased the Osekas Review. And so we were co-publishers and I was the editor. And that was a wonderful experience. And I was a pretty young person to have that job because that it was a you know, that newspaper had been around since probably the sometime in the 1800s. Um, unfortunately, I understand it's not there anymore. It, it merged with another newspaper and they don't really have the Osekas Review anymore, but, um, but it was, it was a great experience. So. so, what are some of your favorite memories from elementary and high school? Okay, elementary school. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of playing on the playground thing at recess. I really like recess. And um, and I also kind of chuckle when I think about elementary school because, Scott, I spent a lot of time in the coat room. 
because I was always in trouble because I was wandering around or whatever. And I finally had a teacher in about the fourth grade who figured out that I was really bored because I, I like to read and I would read the books that the librarian would let us go through. You could only be in certain parts of the library based on your age. And I would get my books and then I'd read them from the library back to my class. And this fourth grade teacher I had was friends with the librarian at the time. And I'll never forget standing there watching these two women argue because the librarian said, no, she can only get books from that shelf. And my teacher's saying, no, you're gonna let her have those junior high books because I don't know what to do with this kid. <laughs> she's bored and she's in trouble. But I think I was naughty too. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in the coat room with a couple guys that were in there also, they were always in trouble. And um, as I recall, I kind of was helping them learn how to but, but it was all in good fun. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I, I was naughty. I don't think they knew what else to do with me. Um, I enjoyed standardized testing. I know that's weird, but I can remember I liked taking those tests. I thought it was interesting um, that we would take in grade school. And then I think, you know, junior high and high school, I really liked sports and it was kind of tomboyish. And one thing I always remembered was how unfair I thought it was that girls didn't have sports, you know? We, we started, they started girls sports probably around my junior, senior year. And I think our volleyball team had one match was, I think it was Sox Center. That was it, that was the season. And then we had tennis, but otherwise it was really what we got to do in Fayette and then with our friends, you know, just hanging out. And then once in a while, some intramural sports. So um, my sisters played sports. I was the oldest of five children. Um, and so my younger sisters, uh, three of them, they all played sports. And my daughter played sports at, in her high school and college. She was a, um, a full scholarship athlete and had over a thousand points in basketball in high school and college. And I mean, I just always was so uh, appreciative that she had that opportunity and that my, you know, my younger siblings did. Cause I think sports for girls are, you know, if you like them, I think it's great. So um, I have really great memories about band, choir, Lots of activities that I was in, you know, just the annual staff, the newspaper staff, whatever. Um, I, we had great class plays. We had great directors, John Temple, uh, Dick Hoff. I do remember one that was funny. Um, one of my classmates, you won't remember this because you don't have that gym now. In those days, we had the old gym and the new gym. And the new gym is where we had our class plays. And we there was a big curtain, these big velvet curtains in the new gym. We had practice one night and one of my friends, he started climbing this huge curtain and the thing started to rip and to fall. And I'll never forget him stay, he jumped down them before it tumbled down on him. And he's standing there yelling like, no, 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 no. So um, it was it was really a fun memory. It was an old curtain, it was due to come down anyway. But, um, but we had a lot of fun. I mean, it was a, I had a lot of great experiences in high school and in elementary school. It, it was a I was lucky to get to go to Osakis. So, who are some of the most influential people for you while at Osakis Public Schools? Okay, um, I would say um, Mrs. Wood was like my second and then half of my, um, I'm sorry, my third and half of my fourth grade teacher. I was in split grades. I don't know if, does your elementary school still have those? So, when I was a first grader, um they had enough kids for one whole section and then a half so when i was in first grade i was in a split room with second graders and then they the next year i was in the second grade but it was just second graders and then when i was in third grade 
was with the fourth graders and then fifth grade I was with the sixth graders so you're always every other year with with half I don't know do you still have that um I'm not aware no okay yeah because I think we had a we had probably maybe more students at that time you know it was the baby boomers but um so I had Mrs. Wood for my third grade and then in my fourth grade that teacher who I mentioned earlier about the library thing as I recall I think her husband got ill and they had to move in the middle of the year to Arizona so I had Mrs. Wood twice she was far and away one of the kindest nicest people I've ever known so I have really great memories of her um I have really great memories of Judy French Judy French was a Phi Ed teacher at, at Osakis High School and she um, left teaching and, and, and went into another occupation, I want to say around my junior year in high school, but I love Phi Ed and I just adore her. And coincidentally, Judy and I are now Facebook friends, so we, we're back in touch because of Facebook. So it's just wonderful. I have great memories of her. And then um, I have wonderful memories of who I always think of as hair temple. John Temple. He was the German teacher and he was a great teacher. I mean, we really had, I mean, he was just an excellent German teacher. My youngest sister, Wendy Robinson Hatchner, yeah, teaches German and Spanish in a Twin Cities Metro suburban high school. And she has a master's, I think, in languages. She always talks about what a great teacher John Temple was. And so um, those are some teachers I really have fond memories of, many others as well. But I also have really great memories in Osakis, um, things that I learned that really helped me in life, just personally and professionally. So there was a couple named Carl and Ollie Aubert, who I'm sure you don't know, they've been, they passed away a number of years ago, but they owned a, a cafe in town called the Sportsman's Cafe. And it was really busy, especially in the summers when the fishermen were in town and they ran a really good business. And it was my first, real job, if you will, you know, as a teenager. And um, I just learned really great lessons from them. And I never forgot these things, Scott. One of them was they used to say, never leave people, because you'd walk in in the morning in the summer. You might walk in at work at 5.30, 6 o'clock a.m. and the place is packed. And, you know, there's all these fishermen and a few women, but mostly fishermen. And they want to get out on the lake and go fishing. But Carl and Ollie would always say, don't leave people at an empty table. They'll understand if you're busy, but bring them water, bring them coffee, and then tell them you'll get back to them as soon as you can, okay? That's a really good lesson. And I always remembered that no matter what I did in my professional life, you know? So as a lawyer, I try really hard not to leave my clients at quote an empty table. I, you know, you can't get to everybody's project on the same day, but the important thing is that you make sure they know how important they are to you, every single one of them and that you're, you know, you'll get their work done as soon as you can, but that you keep in touch with them. I learned that at 16 in a little cafe on Osakis. The other thing they told me that I never forgot, and I really do live this way, is never walk with your hands up. So if you go out to a table, bring something with you, and when you come back, bring something back. And I sort of live life that way. I People who know me kind of giggle because I never do walk with my hands empty. I'm always kind of like, okay, what am I getting here? What am I getting there? And I work that way too. So I'm always kind of trying to be proactive as well. The other person, Scott, who was really influential in my life in Osakis, and this came more when we owned the newspaper. So I'm a young woman then. I probably was, oh my gosh, 26 years old when we bought that. And I go every day to the Sportsman's Cafe and have breakfast and lunch um, with various people in town, the business people typically. And one of them was a guy named Neil Gillis, 
and I'd often have coffee in the morning and lunch at noon with Neil and his wife, Wanda. She was just a lovely lady and they've both since passed. And um, I never, I didn't work for Neil, but you know, I got to know him pretty well through those newspaper days. And he, I gotta tell you, he was the most positive person I've ever known in my entire life. And, and it stuck with me and it stuck with me, you know, as a young woman, as a, you know, young business person. He, you know, and his wife Wanda had a heart problems and, and was quite sick for many, many years. And he worked really hard. He was a pharmacist. He owned that drugstore in that little town. He was open seven days a week. He worked really, really hard. But I gotta tell you, no matter what, when I'd see him, I'd go, how you doing? And he'd just beam and he'd just exclaim, great, never been better, everything's great. And he was super successful. He was a really successful businessman. And, and I always thought about him and thought, you know, people like to be around positive people. You know, and so as a, you know, as a professional, I always kind of try to keep Neil in the back of my mind. And, and I will tell you, sometimes practicing law in big law firms can be kind of robust. And there, there are times when you're working pretty hard or some of the things you're working on are kind of mentally taxing. And sometimes you might end up working in transactions, maybe more of those mergers and acquisitions deals um, where you've got people kind of butting heads. But you know what? I always try to keep in mind how positive Neil was. And I'm not as successful at it as he was, but but I really do try to keep that that message in mind. So um, I learned some really good things in that little town. <laughs> All right. So what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Well, I suppose I'll be retired by then. You know, I'm still working. I, um, I'm working remotely now from Florida for part of the year. I'm in Venice, Florida. Um, still have our, We still have our home up in Roseville. We live in Roseville, Minnesota. It's a suburb of St. Paul. Um, and there are a number of people probably my age who are retired, but I really like to work. And you know, like the little girl that wandered around and had to go in the coat room because she got bored. I'm still that little girl in some ways and I'm busy. I play golf. I like to swim this place that, you know, I'm at has this gorgeous swimming pool. So I go swimming most days um, and I'm learning to play pickleball and I ride bike and I go for walks and I do lots of fun stuff, but I like working and I like the challenge of it and, and I like my practice. So I think, I think in 10 years I will be retired by then, but maybe not for four or five. And I think when I retire, I would expect, you know, besides spending time with our kids, we have three kids and I have grandchildren and they've got spouses, spending time with them and John. Other than that, I think probably more golf, more swimming, more pickleball, more walks and more bike rides. Well, it's always good to challenge yourself. You're darn right. That's right. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, I think if you think about some of the people in your life who especially in their later years i mean i'm learning pickleball now i've never played pickleball pickleball is kind of like badminton tennis kind of um you know it, it, it's different i'd never played it before the person at at our complex that i'm learning it from she's 81 years old and she kicks my butt i mean she's really good and she's very active and i think I don't know, staying active and, you know, staying active as long as you can physically. Um, and then also mentally, I, I think that's really important. And it's a good way to live life. Alrighty, last question. What advice would you give students finishing up high school? Okay, I would say do what you love 
Um, if you love working with cars, then go work with cars. If you love being in a helping profession, like a nurse or a social worker or whatever, go do that. Do whatever you love. If you love farming, be a farmer. I mean, whether you're a man or a woman, if you want to be a lawyer, be a lawyer. If you want to be a business person, be a business person. If you want to raise children at home and be a stay-at-home parent, do that. Just do what you love in your activities and your professional life. You know, really do what you love. Um, I would also say to a young person, and I think I tried to say this to my own children, play to win. Don't play not to make mistakes. That's a double negative. But I always think like with athletes, when an athlete plays and they're playing to not make a mistake, they're not as good uh, and they're not having as much fun either. And, and it's okay to fail in things once in a while. Um, so I just say play to win and, and go for it. Um, I think also I would say think about other people, you know, in life when we're doing things and making decisions professionally, personally, try to think about, you know, our impact on other people. And maybe with that in mind, I'd probably close and say, go get vaccinated because COVID-19 is real. That wraps up our interview. First, we'd like to thank you, Pam, for being interviewed with us today. You're welcome. This was fun. Thank you, Scott. Next, we'd like to thank all of you for watching another episode of Silver Streak Stories.